is John. You're listening to the DU Football Show. Uh, I wish a Liverpool fan were here at the moment, but they're still mourning the fact that they lost the league at Goodison Park. Go, go ahead. You can talk first. Oh, I'm going to talk first. Because welcome to the Sam Graham Football Show, hosted by Sam Graham, talking only Arsenal and the preservation of their 49-game unbeaten run. Taylor, that was for you, my friend. And I'm going to let Sam go ahead and fit. Or do you want me to try to hit the post? Keep going. Well, you know what? Fuck the Reds. Let's start the show. Let's start the show. And then you missed it. (laughs) (laughs) Hello and welcome to the Drunker United Football Show. A completely biased recap of the English Premier League. And oh my God, is it going to be so biased? As told by two common American schmucks. (laughs) I am your host, Sam Houston. And across the way from me is the relieved, the very relieved Samuel Graham. Yes. Quite. I don't even need to ask, so I won't. Just tell me. They were getting fucking close, man. <laughs> uh, they were, what, 44? Was their streak 44? 44. Yeah, ours was 49, and t- uh, ended by a diving Wayne Rooney in October of 2004, uh, following our season unbeaten in the 03-04 Premier League season. So we went from May 03 through to October of 04, uh, unbeaten for 49 games. Very good. Uh, and that has stood, obviously, since. And we had broken the record of um, Nottingham Forest from a very long time ago, I think, which stood at 42, I want to say. Yeah, it was 42. Um, but uh, that was with a season that only lasted 24 games, I think. Okay. Um, maybe a little more than that, maybe 28 games, something like that. But, um, but yeah, so very happy. Our record lives on. The Invincibles live on. And uh, kind of drops the inevitability of Liverpool winning this title down the pecking order of greatest ever titles. Yeah, it does. It does. Well, well that'll be a summertime topic, I think. So, No, it will be. It will be because I just want to rub it in a little bit more before the uh, expiration date runs out on this line of uh, line of jokes. Yeah. So we're recording at Studio H just outside our nation's capital. You can check us out on all podcast platforms. Please be sure to rate, subscribe, review, and share with your footballing friends or, hell, share with all of your friends. Should you want to chat with us, there is many ways that you can. Sammy, why don't you tell the good people how they can get in touch? Sure. On Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, we are at DU Football Show. Um, and then dfootballshow at gmail.com to get in touch via email. There's a ton of good banter that goes on the Facebook page. So if you like the main show page, you'll get an invite to like our closed Facebook group, uh, Drunkard United FC, um, which is where we talk most of our shit and have most of the banner with uh, with all you guys. So um, when you tell your friends, make sure they like the socials, they'll get the invite to the closed group, and then boom, they're on the shit-talking highway. Uh, what's the golden rule of the uh, DUFC page? Don't be a dickhead unless it's about football. Heard. Very good. So uh, Sam and myself both work in the wine and spirits industry and both have a deep, passionate love for all things distilled spirits. So as the red-blooded Americans we are, we vow to have a drink in our hand throughout this show and every single show. Sammy, it's March. You know what that means. That means Irish whiskey. There we go. Why don't you tell the good people what we're drinking tonight? Where we sit down and exercise our Irish pride. Um, again, as is tradition, uh, March 1, Irish whiskey till the yep. end of the month. Yep. Uh, this one happens to be a bit of a humdinger. Yes. Uh, actually, it's fantastic. The Writer's Tears Double Oak, uh, which is aged in ex-bourbon and uh, ex-cognac barrels, um, comes in at 92 proof. This was number 10 of the top 20 uh, whiskey advocate whiskeys this year. Um, it got a 92-point rating from them. Uh, it is a blend of pot still and single malt Irish whiskeys, and it'll run you fifty four ninety nine to sixty four ninety nine on the shelf. Um, it's awesome. Yes. There's that nice little sweetness on the end with a little bit of kind of rustic. That's got to be the ex cognac barrels. Yeah, 
definitely. It's it's a uh, with a little bit of rustic. Mel, isn't that a good descriptor? It tastes rustic, <laughs> like it tastes. You know what I mean? Rusty. Not rusty, rustic, like distinguished. So it tastes like 1830s writer's tears. Yeah. Yeah, I was getting that from the title. There you go. Mm-hmm. You can mute. <laughs> He's had a lot of me today. Uh, <laughs> I had five pints for breakfast. <laughs> so much producer Mel today. <laughs> Way too much. It's time to put producer Mel in the box and put her back in, back in the toy in the toy closet. She's done for the day. Speaking of being tired about wives, <laughs> mine said something to me today that was a little off, um, off kilter, mm-hmm. and and it was ridiculous. Uh, nothing bad, but something stupid about a honey do list item that didn't get done. That isn't that serious, right? To which I replied. I can't wait to get on that fucking plane Friday. <laughs> <laughs> Cannot wait to get on the fucking plane Friday. <laughs> uh. Yeah, so we've all had that kind of day, my friend. Heard. Very good, very good. So, um, yeah, this is a lovely, lovely little whiskey. We're going to drink a bunch of Irish. I will say, though, Sam, if we find the Adamans, um malted rye, the, which is an English whiskey that, that made the top 20 while yes, we're in England. Yes, you told me about this, yeah. We're going to drink that on the Monday show we record from the hotel room in lovely London. Or the right pub, or the... We'll find a place. <coughs> Maybe down in Hyde Park by the lake. We'll record a lot of shit. That's what we're going to be doing. Yeah, we'll just walk around recording. All right, well then, uh, Sammy, with that being said, let's have a lovely show, brother. Let's do it. Last show in this country for a while. For, for one week. <laughs> for me, for two. Well, true. It's 11 days. It's like I'm right. gone for two weeks, like eleven the- days. <laughs> kind of a kind of an interesting weekend as all three clubs in the relegation zone all got big wins. Yeah, this was their big flex before they all get demoted. Right, exactly. Relegated. Uh, Norwich, Norwich one, Leicester City nil, West Ham three. I told you, Sam. Southampton one. I know you did. And Watford three, Liverpool nil. We're starting with that one. Let's just all stand up and take a moment, please. Cons- just revel in the fact. Sam, consecutive winning streak? Nope. Consecutive unbeaten streak? Nope. Hey, Sammy, Invincibles? Fuck no. That is right, boys and girls. Absolutely nothing there's, worked for the Reds. Yes, there's only one golden trophy still. <laughs> nothing. Nothing worked. I mean, the defense was off. The the midfield was off. The off the the offense was off. No one had a like. No one had a standout performance from Liverpool. Well, the, it wasn't even that they looked tight. They just didn't look good at all. Jurgen Klopp um, said in the post match. He first off, he looked like a shell of himself. I think the announcers had that spot on during the game. Oh he yeah, wasn't as fiery as he normally is on the touchline. He looked like he was. Just a deer in the headlights in the post-match interview. And in that post-match interview, he did say, you know, I, I, they, we had the best of the first half. They had the best <laughs> of the second half. I don't know if I necessarily even agree with that, to be honest with you. No. Um, Liverpool only managed one shot on target all game. That was it. Uh, it. They, nothing was clicking for them. You're absolutely right about that. Ben Foster, <laughs> when he was called on, did well. Got in front of crosses. Uh, uh, did... You know, Perry, and then eventually gathered the one shot that was taken on him. 
Yeah. Um, but they just frustrated Liverpool all day long. And both outside backs, uh, Robertson and Trent Alexander-Arnold, switched off on multiple occasions. And that's yeah. basically, Alexander-Arnold is responsible for two of the three goals, and Andy Robertson really is responsible for the other one. And Van Dyke got beat right down the middle a few times there, too. There were some scares? Yeah, Absolutely. Like right down the It was just... So you go, okay, well, they packed it in, and and Liverpool couldn't figure it out. Here's the thing. Liverpool's figured it out this entire season, because that's what every fucking team, even good teams have done against them, well, is pack it in, and Liverpool finds a way. Because just, the other thing, they, they get shots, they get chances, they get opportunities, even if a team packs it in, right? right. So we always end up seeing... And it's the old cliche that under enough pressure, any dam in the world will break. So Liverpool has 16 shots. Eventually, you know, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20 shots. Eventually, something's going to find the back of the net. You know, I think it was against West Ham earlier in the season where Fabianski was standing on his head and it took Liverpool almost 60 minutes or something to break through. Right. I may have that mixed up with a different team, but you understand my point. And then they, you know, scored a quick two and then that was that. Yeah. But it took... 16 opportunities to get it done. Um, they just didn't even create the chances in this game. Yeah, there was nothing. At all. I I mean, obviously, obviously, we can look at this and know this is the exception, not the rule. They're going to come out and play well the rest of the season. They will inevitably win the title. But one would have thought the if, if they were going to lose one, right, which, honestly, we were beginning to wonder if they were going to lose one. Let's face it, you and I were saying there was two opportunities for them to lose the rest of the season. City. Goodison simply because it's the Derby and, and anything can happen in City. And yeah. that was it. There's no other way they were going to lose. This team was not going to lose. And to lose to a team that, frankly, has had a horrid last month and a half yep. where they've been losing two nothing leads and they've lost, they had lost four in a row. And in demoralizing fashion, they had a couple, oh, I'm sorry. It was three of four, and they had a draw, but they couldn't beat anybody. And then they take on the best team in the world, and they whoop them. Oh yeah, Ismael Sar was fantastic. <laughs> Stand up and be counted, son. Absolutely, he could have had a hat trick. Mm -hmm. He's more worried about the linesman flag than finishing off that final chance. Yep. But um, now he had two goals and an assist. Uh, both of them good finishes. I mean, the one was a tap in, but he had to do well to be there and, and believe in the play, and you know this, that, the other. The second was just a, a wonderful chip over the on-rushing Allison after Robertson and Van Dyke switched off and allowed him to run in. Good work from Will Hughes and Troy Deeney with the ball rolling on the line to keep it in and have the wherewithal to play that through ball. Um, and then finally, gathering the bad back pass from Trent Alexander-Arnold to uh, to find Troy Deeney with Allison out of out of uh, yeah out of the six-yard box. And um, what a finish, honestly, from Deeney. He still had a lot to do there. Two Liverpool players in the way, one of them being Van Dyke, just put it in a, a, a good position and uh, and lifted it off the ground where nobody could get a block in and yep. found the back of the net. It was just fantastic. And so, they, I think they only had about 27% of the ball or something like oh, that. Oh, barely any of it. You know, but that's almost the theme of this week. I mean, I don't know how this happens, but we kind of see that. There's a few games this week with, with teams not in possession of the ball, having more opportunities and actually winning the fucking games. Right. Right, just letting the other team hold on to the ball till they fuck up. Yeah, doing more with less. Yeah, this weekend. Um, now that being said, does Liverpool now suddenly take the FA Cup seriously? Are the kids out of the lineup to play Chelsea, or are the kids playing? Um, 
I don't know because it depends what Jurgen Klopp thinks is his reason for this defeat. If it's fatigue, no. The kids stay in. If he thinks that his team is mentally tired, physically tired, um, and they need a break because of a tough Atletico Madrid um, game uh, midweek and then followed up by this, which was quite demoralizing, actually, uh, all that kind of stuff, I think you see the kids retain their place. Um, I mean, the average age of Chelsea squad is 16 and a half, so what right. does it What's matter? What's the difference? <laughs> it's basically an FA Cup youth game anyway. Um, but if he thinks that they need to go out and prove themselves or, you know, they need to get some swagger back, this is a good opportunity to do it. It's Premier League opposition, obviously. It's a, a team, yes, they've had ups and downs, but nobody doubts they're a quality side. Right. They're just inexperienced. You're going into their building. Right. So go out, prove yourselves, get yourselves together. <laughs> we'll come back at the weekend, regroup in the league, and then go beat Atletico Madrid the following Wednesday. You know, something like that. Yeah, there's That's a lot. entirely possible. There's a lot going on right now for them, and they don't want to slip up. Um, you know, it's okay to have the loss in the league. Now let's keep sight of everything else because, let's face it, a treble is still a possibility. No, for sure. You know? And so I would just say it depends on what he believes was the reason for their defeat. Right. I would say that that's the... That's the key to figuring out what his lineup will be, is if he thinks it's fatigue, he will keep the kids in. All right, so um, moving on to the Friday match. Yes. Well, but we can't. Why? Because it deserves a second mention. Okay. Arsenal's 49-game unbeaten streak is still alive, and uh, will live long in the memory. And um, I don't know of how many people saw my Facebook Live this weekend, but for the first 18, 30 seconds, I could just smile. Me, me, I couldn't even me, muster me, the words. Me, 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 me. Yes. Me, me, me. Yes. Me, 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 me. Yes. Me, 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 me. Best me, song me, ever. Me, me, me. Best song ever. Me. Keep it going. Me. <laughs> All right. The Friday game. All right. The Friday game. <laughs> uh, VAR strikes again. Um, I, Sam, here's the question for you. Is so a defender that unintentionally handles the ball, handles the ball into an attacking player's hand, unintentionally and the goal gets taken away because of a handball on the attacking player if the unintentional handball never happens from the defender the handball on the attacker never happens i'm just kind of baffled i i don't get it I don't understand that. I think part of it has to do with the handball rule in general. That handball's okay. Well, it's because they just changed it to right. the if it touches the attacker in any way, shape, or form, it's a handball. Which is ridiculous. Which is a bullshit rule. Because you would go back and look at that. And even in VAR, without that stupid handball rule, would look at it and go, two unintentional handballs, that's a goal. Right. It was a goal. It was a goal. Yes. It was a goal. It was a goal. And, and, it, and you look at, okay, Norwich got a win. They took advantage of an opportunity. They they weren't the better side. They shouldn't no, have won. Not at all. They shouldn't have won. And I say, besides that, though, Leicester didn't deserve to win either. I thought, honestly, based on the game itself, a nil-nil draw was probably a fair yeah. result. Besides this one chance, Leicester didn't really show much. Without Vardy, they looked toothless. They cannot score right now. No. They I don't know what's going on. cannot score. And now, you know, last week I made the joke of they were going to fall from third to third. Well, now they're only five points in front of fourth. Well, the problem is Chelsea doesn't want it. Well, and but there's enough teams behind Chelsea too. Yeah, but so Tot, look, we'll, that, we'll right. get to them. Yeah. We'll get to United. We'll, I mean, yeah. United should have lost. That shouldn't have been a point. 
But don't take away the goal, though. I know we don't want to talk about Norwich too much because nobody from Norwich listens to us. Uh, <laughs> but Jamal Lewis, what a wonderful strike. Oh, it's a beautiful that was, hit. That deserves a mensch. Beautiful hit. That deserves an old mensch. What the hell is he doing that wide open on the far side? Don't know. Couldn't tell you. It was that fullbacks had a hell of a weekend. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, not not as it, good as that one about uh, what was it the the uh, four weeks ago where like the one where we uh, beat Watford and all the center backs were scoring. Oh, all the center backs. Like, scored. All all of the center backs. The whole, scored. That's yeah. all it was was center back <laughs> scoring. But they had um, just wonderful control from him, and then slicing across the ball, took the bend around the goalkeeper who was at full stretch and just tucked neatly into that far corner. Yep. Oh, mate. Um, does this help turn around the season, or are we just delaying the inevitable? No, delaying the inevitable. They're fucked. Got it. Um, look, look, who's, look whose balls dropped, West Ham. <laughs> Moiseola's back. I know. Apparently. Holy shit. Well, Southampton didn't do any fucking favors because I still can't figure out why Danny Ings didn't start. Right. Which pissed me off. Obviously, this is one of the games I had in my treble. Um, so, again, I just want to reiterate my your welcome to uh, uh, Mr. Chris and all of his friends down there at the Bayou Ironworks uh-huh. uh, for, for picking against them, which inevitably means that they will win the game, which they did. Yep. Uh, also... There was a scent of me doing that on purpose for Liverpool against Watford. I'm not saying I was responsible for it, but I right. am saying that I played a part. Okay, fair okay. enough. So All I right. had Liverpool winning, too, as part of my bet. <laughs> anyway, this West Ham team has been there for the taking for a while. And why you wouldn't start your best striker, I don't know. I don't get it. Yeah. Um, Shane Long scores once every 37 games. Uh, Obafemi still to me relatively unproven, although he did get a goal in this one, got the opener, or I'm sorry, got the equalizer. And you would have figured that West Ham at that point, once that goal went in, they would have started to crumble, and they actually didn't. They came back not long after and, and took the lead. Um, I now now a few uh, West Ham people talked with me about it on uh, Twitter. I felt that including Antonio to the lineup was a good idea. Uh, most of them said uh, Antonio only likes to put the ball in Rose Ed, and unless it's with his head, he doesn't really help him very much. But I kind of saw that as an energy move. Like, let's put a guy that's going to f- fucking just run at the fullbacks and yeah. make their life hell, and he's physical as shit, and he's hard to knock off the ball. And I I felt that his inclusion helped quite a bit, and it took a lot off of Allaire to be able to just kind of run freely no, absolutely. as Antonio took care of the pressure of the two center backs the whole match. 100%. And and then he tucked one away. And look at Alaire, what composure, right? Oh, the what, to, what a, the the hard determination to get there. That it was kind of a looping. I don't even think it was a cross. I think it was a deflection. Yeah, wasn't it? Um, kind of a looping ball into the box. He got there ahead of the goalkeeper, just kind of headed the ball to himself, and from a ridiculously tight angle, yeah, found the back the of the net. Down. Just to have the composure to even get it on target, let alone turn it in. Was well, fantastic. Um, I mean, that he had a butthole's worth of space to fit it through, and he got a size five football through it. Right, but um, the M- McCarthy though, sh- show show some fucking presence, man. That's your box, man. Go you through go that it. guy. Go through that guy. You're not gonna get it. You're not gonna get a foul called against you if you're putting hands on that ball. He should have had to. He, he should have had to. He should have put knees in his back. Yeah, you you put Just a body do what every on his fucking ass. Goalkeeper does. Yeah, and exactly. you you will get away with it. 
will get away with it. I, Southampton, and I think this may be part of the problem, they manage 66% possession. They're not a team that necessarily knows what to do with that. No, they don't. So West Ham made themselves compact and then broke out and and, and took their chances. I mean, we're not something we often say about West Ham, but credit to them. They were clinical in this game. Sounds like a David Moyes kind of team, you know? Go ahead and withstand pressure. Now, that didn't work out well for him against uh, against both um, Liverpool and, and City. Of but, course not. But, you know, against some of these uh, I mean, lower honestly, oppositions. It, honestly, it did work well against Liverpool. It did. They, they just, just happened to the crack win. at the back. Yeah, but um, – and you saw maybe, you know, this Watford result coming on the, the end of that West Ham game. Yeah. Like, oh, they're not – you know, they're not invincible. They're not superheroes. Right. You know, they're human as well. And I think Watford may have studied that tape a bit. Now that uh, puts both Watford and West Ham leapfrog out into uh, to 17th and 16th place, respectfully, moving uh, Bournemouth, who we'll get to, and Villa, who did not play, into 18th and 19th. Right, that leaves Villa with a game in hand, though, yeah. Right, but I- Villa sitting in 19th is three points behind Brighton in 15th. So... It's There's pretty, still a lot of movement. Yeah, still pretty very muddy tight. down there. Still very, very muddy down That's there. That's it. If we play the rest of the season like we played uh, the against Man City today, mm-hmm. in the then Carabao Cup final, I'm I'm still optimistic. Absolutely, that was a great team that played today. Oh, yeah, it was a hell of a it was a hell of a game. Um, we did kind of get screwed over the gold kick versus the corner kick. Mm-hmm. Um, who knows? They might have scored anyways. That might have been an, an inevitable. And, mm. Inevitability. Oh, that's the word I was looking for. Not a problem. Thank you. Yes. That's why you're the professional and yeah. I'm the producer. <laughs> Push uh, the buttons. <laughs> it was. It was. It was exciting to watch. We uh, were down at the Vic, and we went down for the Everton game first, and uh, I had about five pints of Guinness, and I was grabbing onto Sam's shoulder for the last twenty minutes, and I just look over, and he's just grinning ear to ear, loving that he got me into this crazy oh, yeah. sport. Yeah. It's awesome, isn't it? Yep, yep. So um was this enough to hold on for uh for Watford and for West Ham? Do you think that getting out they're going to be okay or I think these two results <laughs> could galvanize them because they're they're I mean, I've Watford's was not um a team in and around them, but it was the champ in, inevitable champions of England. You know what I mean? So and the reigning probably best team in the world. Well, literally the best team in the world. They won the Club World Cup. They won the Champions League. So that is obviously something that they can build around and build from. Um, I think West Ham, the same thing. This is a team in and around them and in, uh, uh, amongst it. And they showed that they have the quality necessary to beat that side. So it's very possible that this starts to, to turn for them. Or Watford could just shit the bed again like they did before. Fair enough. So could West Ham. Yeah. They could be the new Sunderland, you know? Yeah. It does uh, who knows? <laughs> also under David Moyes' tutelage. Allow me allow me to finish with the uh final thought, Sam, as I would like to say. <laughs> can, I, can I join you in that? <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, Liverpool. Running out the rest of the league in... Oh, so that happened? Yeah, it did feel good, didn't it? Very very therapeutic. We have uh, Wolves 3, Spurs 2, Burnley 0, Newcastle 0, 
Chelsea 2, Bournemouth 2, Palace 1, Brighton 0, Everton 1, Manchester United 1. Uh, big win for Wolves, but, I mean, we were really not surprised. We kind of, both, both of us last week in injury time, were kind of like, yeah, Wolves are going to go beat well, Spurs. Yeah, Wolves are so good at picking themselves up for the quote-unquote big clubs, right? I mean, Tottenham, despite where they've been this season, are Champions League finalists, you know, last year. Um, they do have some decent players uh, besides just Harry Kane and um, and the world's uh, nicest man. Um, I think they should the since, nicest since he plays football. They should just automatically give him the Walter Payton Football Man of the Year award. You know that would make oh, sense. that reminds me. I've got a card for you to sign later. <laughs> yeah, the um, but. So Wolves tends to do this. Now, obviously, the, you know, the wounded walking at Tottenham, um, but they're still a good side. They're still a very good side. Tottenham Hugo, had two leads. Oh, yeah. Um, and this is just another example of Wolves and, and the spirit within the club. As you say, they went behind twice, fought, fought back, stayed organized, and then took their chance when it came. Um, Raul Jimenez, again, with a, a wonderful little drop of the shoulder. And with his off foot, uh, put it into the far side for the winner. Yeah, it was just fantastic. Yep, fantastic stuff. Um, I Wolves are prepping themselves to be right where they need to be. You know, going going for a possible Champions League spot, which is exactly what you want for for as a Wolves supporter. You go, okay. Last year we got to Europe. We are advancing in Europe. We're doing well. Uh, you know, clearly advancing further than Arsenal and Europa. And also, oh, that hurt, didn't it? Oh, I forgot to mention that. Oh. In, right, in, in, a wor- in a world full of pro-Arsenal agenda, I thought you needed knocking down a peg there. Now, well, I appreciate um, that, and that's probably true. <laughs> However, it, there's extra disappointment because that was another football match that we were hopefully going to be able to attend while we were on our trip. Nah, it's going to be far more fun to just be all day Thursday and be like, damn. We could be at Arsenal only if your team had fucking won. It'll be brilliant. Be so brilliant. I might go try to find some antique guns and bring them back to the hotel room. Yeah, he's your problem day. next week. Yeah. I can't wait for him to get on that flight. <laughs> <laughs> Makes two of us. Um, so, uh, you know what? What Wolves would naturally want to do is a deep run in Europe, and you know, Europa's Europa. You don't you don't really know you have a chance till you make it to the semis. Of course. Because it's such a grueling competition. But for them, the the next step would be okay, challenge for a Champions League spot. And they're Absolutely. fucking doing it. They're right there doing it. Absolutely they are. <coughs> but so are Arsenal. We're only a few points behind them, by the and, way. Just letting you, you know. And you make it right back to being about you. I'm just saying. Um Deli Alley seems to be trying too hard. Yeah, I'm with you. I was I was gonna say that as well. Um, it's just nothing really came off for him. Yeah. And after all the other, the other player that stood out for me was Serge Aurier with all the stick he's gotten over the last few months. Oh, um, it was a hell of a strike. It was a fantastic finish that really good. Sh- that was very, very him. good. Very good. But yeah, um, I mean, four spot really is anybody from 10th to third Help. to find <laughs> third. Third is about to become anyone from third to fucking sixth now. Yeah, it's, no, exactly. get, it's starting to get close. Like if, if, and, and particularly for like, I mean, Villa's next game is a re-energized Villa, who just took you know City to the fucking ropes, like, yep. and they're now in a relegation battle. They're in nineteenth. They're going to be playing for their lives, and you can't fucking score. So the next thing you may know, it may only be a two-point lead. 
for yeah. third place for for the foxes as well. Well, absolutely. And then you also have probably, <laughs> uh, from what I've seen, the best atmosphere at Villa. Yeah, all season. So they have, in my opinion, probably the best twelfth man in the league, besides maybe the boys across Stanley Park from Everton. Anfield's a special place. All right, keep it's that up. special for me too, it's, since we won the league there once. It's it's a very it's a very special place for when they sing "You'll Never Walk Alone" and then are quiet as hell the rest of the fucking yeah. game. <laughs> if it's squeaky bum time, you could fucking hear a pin drop in that building. Yeah, you can hear it when you watch the games. So oh, you totally I know. Hear it. I'm just being facetious. No. Yeah. Taking um. So, uh, Burnley and Newcastle played a Premier League match this weekend. Sam, God, it was terrible. That match was so turgid. I didn't even watch it, so I'm putting it all on you, killer. It was horrible. Um, Newcastle, for once, were actually the better team. They had more of the ball, and they quadrupled efforts on target. Um, but it's Newcastle, so there weren't any goals. <laughs> um, and there were no shots on target at all for Burnley. Uh, just those four shots for Newcastle, but Nick Pope was strong as usual. And other than that, there isn't a lot to talk about. Very good. Game. All right. Almarone had a sweet overhead kick that almost went out for a throw in. <laughs> um, Steve Bruce looked coy as always on the sidelines. All right. Moving on. <laughs> uh, Chris, uh, uh, got. Chelsea two, Bournemouth two. Um, Cherries looked really good at home. At, like even at the beginning when they were down one nothing, they looked great. Then they get the lead and then they give it away. Yeah, so this one, um, Chelsea were lucky escape with a point, uh, despite them having over 70% of the ball. Um, they dominated this game in large stretches, uh, but they weren't really efficient at all. Just managed one more shot on target than Bournemouth with more than double of the possession. you got to wonder, Bournemouth got to feel a little stung from not walking away with a win in that one. Because, I mean, particularly early on, they had two wide-open chances they missed. Oh, yeah. And the, the other thing is, had the defense of, of Bournemouth reacted from two fantastic uh, Ramsdale saves, they would have shut Chelsea out. The marauding murderer was there to bundle over twice. Right. They were both off rebounds. Yeah. So had he held the ball or had the defense reacted properly, Bournemouth would have escaped with a 2-0 win here. Um, but they didn't. Instead... You know, now one of those was a pretty sweet strike, to be honest. But he completely saved the game, rescued the game for Chelsea, in my opinion. Right. With those two strikes. So the, I mean, a point is a point, and when you're in the bottom, you need that point. But it's got to be a hell of a no- note when you noit a hell of a note when you get the point, and then practicing you, for next week. Yeah. Well. I was combining. Note, of I was combining no, uh, note and point. Say noit. Uh, uh, I thought he said that was a hell of a noit. Wait. I can't <laughs> wait to hear the audio from you guys. Your accent is going to be terrible, Graham. Going to be brilliant. Oh, they'll be. That's all I gotta say. Yeah, every, every day. Every day. Last, the soccer football. <laughs> The kicky. What were you game. saying all last night? Oh, I like to fold these poker cards. <laughs> I like to play the poker cards. <laughs> Can you, uh, every time you're out there, come <laughs> anytime, back with a different English phrase? Yeah. Anytime pre flop, Sam got, he was, oh, I want to play these poker cards. And he threw out his 50 <laughs> cents or whatever. And then, ooh, I want to fold these poker <laughs> cards. And he pushed them in. That's very funny. <laughs> I like to play the footballs. <laughs> yep. Football, soccer ball. And you got me. <laughs> hey, well done. Right. The only coherent statement you're probably going to hear on the audio is, hey, pass me the whiskey. 
<laughs> Newcastle played football. Football. Um, Whiskey now plays football. <laughs> so you get you get that point though. What it, what I was getting at is you get the point and you're like, okay, this is good. We at least got a point. No, no. You then see two teams jump over you in the table. So it's just as demoralizing as the losses are. Well, you could just feel it. it for the cherries, you can almost just feeling it slip away from them. That being said, yes, I fair enough. But that being said, it's been so long since they've picked up a point. I think that will be encouraging. I think there were some great moves in this game. Um, some decent football from them on the counterattack. <laughs> and there definitely are positives to take. Um, but they are in for a fucking dogfight. Yeah. And it's going to be just that. It's going to be a fucking dogfight. They're going to have to pick themselves up by their bootstraps and figure it out. All right. So um, moving on to the Big Bird, Big Bird Derby. Um, <laughs> or or this is pretty brilliant. A, uh, um, I'll tell you the story in a second. Or the El Gatwico, as they are calling it now. What? The El Gatwico. What's that? Gatwick Airport is 20 miles uh, south of Crystal Palace and 25 miles north of uh Oh, of Classico and Gatwick. <laughs> yes. The Gatwicko. So, the El Gatwicko uh, was coined by, uh, apparently, um, a five-year, the, the podcast, The Five-Year Plan this week, which is a Crystal Palace pod. Yeah, so I think that's pretty fucking brilliant. El Gatwicko. We're remembering that one. That's yeah. now the name of that. Of that, of that Darby, yeah. yeah. Um. <laughs> This was a bit of a chore to watch. Uh, yeah. There wasn't a lot to be honest. It was it was quite cagey. There was a lot on the sidelines to watch. Ooh. Um and that's uh, some of the football on display was atrocious. Uh but it was a bit fiery, as any Derby will be. <laughs> or any got we go. Yeah. Um Zaha appearing to spit in the direction of Ezekiel Skeletto. Uh Skeletto, sorry. Um but I don't think it really was at him. I think he was frustrated to spit. It was just happened to be in the direction of where people were warming up. Scalotto took offense to it. The ball that had just run out of play from Zaha, he kicked at him, hit him in the shins. Zaha decides to puff his chest out and run up and face he, Snuffleupagus. Now, now he puffs out his chest. Right. Normally, he, well, you know what? If he was on the pitch, he would have fell on the ground and rolled around and gotten a penalty. Correct. Absolutely. Um, but so they kind of had it out, started having words, push and shove for a second. Then Milivojevic went over, got between them, and calmed it down. Um, just the yellow to Scalotto. Uh, and then Jordan Ayew with kind of a shite goal, um, bundled past uh, Matt Ryan. Um, and then after that, finally, the game livened up. Uh, Brighton created chance after chance trying to chase an equalizer, but Guaida was equal um, and really was on his shoulders rescuing three points for Palace. Still, or saving the three points for Palace, rather. Still no win for Brighton. Nope. Nope. Right. You're absolutely right. Two things I took away from that was, and I actually uh, I tweeted... Um, the stateside seagulls and said, Hey, you know, you mind flying over to England and telling your boys to actually win a fucking game. And, and then I told, uh, um, uh, Brad from, uh, the palace DC Eagles. I was like, Hey, you mind going over and, uh, telling your boys how to just be a footballer and not worry about the rest of the bullshit. That was pretty much what I took away from it is Zaha didn't need to get himself involved in that bullshit. He, he just signed an extension with them. He just, Oh my he, God. Again. Yeah. Just, <laughs> Fucking. So he can have his head turned in the summer? Right. So just go fucking play football. You're a very talented player. Go do your job. Be the talisman on that team. But that's it. When he wants to them. be. Yeah. 
It's when, it, when he wants to be. And lead them. That's what you need to do. Period. End of discussion. And the other, the, the chance that actually went in wasn't even that great. I mean, IU, sure, it was a decent ball played to him. He had a chance to, to, to put it away. Shot it too close to Ryan. Ryan got an arm to it, kind of, but it just it happened to deflect in. It just, it wasn't even that good of a goal. This game deserved to be nil nil. Yeah, uh, this this. And the only reason we're talking, about, yeah, the only reason we're talking about it is because it was a derby. <laughs> because honestly, this is on this is on par. This match was on par with the Newcastle Burnley match. Like, I could give fuck all about this, right? To be honest, and it, I, I'm not trying to be a dick about it. It just it was a terrible game. Uh, Palace <laughs> Palace seems to be pretty secure. Now, yes, I would say they're. I would they're say they're okay. they're safe. Yes, uh, they get Watford next. That. that ought to be a very interesting game. It's going to be ugly, but yeah. it should be a lot of. It should be fu- this one should At be Selhurst, fun to watch. That yeah. ought to be an interesting match because really Watford's going to give match. it a go, and when they do give it a go, <laughs> you'll see the the what Palace is actually good at with IU uh, yeah. and and. Um, and Zaha is their counterattack. Yeah, Palace so, will make you pay. Right, and Watford has to have a go at them. They just have and, to, or else they're going down. And, you and know just, what I mean? Despite his one gaffe, Guaita keeps the ball out of the net, and that defense gets in front of balls and doesn't give you many shots. Yeah. They're going to make it tough on Watford. So. Oh, you know we forgot? We failed to mention, and uh-huh. a shame, one of your former players uh, oh, that Jerry. was on loan. Um, I haven't heard a diagnosis yet. Have you? No, I have not. But that looked ugly. It looked um, like the knee, the bottom part of the knee went one direction, and the top part of the knee went, went the another other direction. direction. Yeah, that no good. No, and no, it, it just no it so looked good. like. I mean, him and Van Dyke were kind of wrestling for position, but it wasn't anything serious. <laughs> I think his stud just got caught in the ground, yeah. and he happened to be turning yeah. as he fell, and it just went yep, just every went other way, different ways. And he knew straight away. So did Van Dyke. And I've been on a field with somebody uh, uh, late high school years. Uh, it was a preseason game. And I've heard that pop. Yeah. I've heard an ACL tear. And it's the way that they reacted, Jerry himself, and yeah. then the Liverpool players weren't mad at him for diving or anything yeah. like that. He's on the ground grabbing specifically his kneecap screaming. That's bad oh, mojo. Yeah. I wonder. Every player knows what oh, that yeah. is. And they know when it's real. And I, I just, I wonder if, I mean, the way stadiums are built, sure, you can hear the stands and that kind of stuff, but the way they're built is those acoustics are supposed to stay up in and around the stand, yeah. create that atmosphere. The pitch, you still are able to hear each other talk, right? Um, I wonder if they heard that pop. Yeah. There was not one single complaint from them going down. Oh, and, it was, and really, it was, their, their wrestling match didn't call for him to fall in that manner. Well, so it just, I wonder if they heard the pop. And the way he held a, his... The way he held oh, his yeah. knee, he grabbed both of his hands and held his knee like, and I it. need to hold this, this together. together. Yeah, It's about to fall off. Absolutely. And yeah. so, speedy recovery. I, I hope everything's fine. I haven't seen a diagnosis yet, but um, we did fail <coughs> to mention that. Um, but that that could prove also could prove costly because Pereira hasn't been hitting on all cylinders this season. That could prove costly for Watford and helpful to everybody else in the relegation zone, in my opinion. All right, so let's go ahead and get into... Uh, Everton, Man U. Uh, De Gea pulled what I like to call a Pickford, but then I want to now call it a De Gea because De Gea does it more than Pickford until Pickford also ultimately did it later. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I yeah. knew it Do you follow it was, Mel? It was, yeah, I'm just backtracking, and <laughs> uh, yeah, that logic does track. Yeah, yep, yep, I yep. could I could see Sam coming up with this line earlier with like a whiteboard or like a cork board. <laughs> And then had the strings, had the pictures and strings, and, strings and going back and forth. Like, yeah, no, but to Hayo to Pickford, but and Pickford the, to Hayo, 
back to Pickford. <laughs> and at the end of it, yelling at Garth Brooks for wearing a Barry Sanders jersey <laughs> in Detroit. <laughs> Just because. Oh, I would like credit. I came off the, all of that off the top of my head right now while choking to death. <laughs> yes. There you go. Um, really, it was, a, it was a great game to watch. I mean, oh, there were chances both sides. It was watch. fairly open. There were some fiery tackles. There was a little bit of pushing and shoving, but all nothing you, over the top. All United's first half, all Everton second half. It was, it was two teams that wanted to win the fucking game. Yeah. And, and having a proper go at each other. Um, the problem is, is that it was all overshadowed by the last three minutes. I'm I'm baffled with how I okay, so I can understand the following. I can understand yes, Gilfie Sigurdsson was in an offside position. I can understand that yes, he was near the ball when it entered the net. Did he change that ball going into the net or David De Gea's ability to save that ball from going in the net at all? If you had taken him up and removed him, would that play have resulted in the same result? Yes. Right. It was, it was a goal. It was so, a fucking goal. So the boys on the desk were talking about this, right? And I thought of, of, of a couple other examples. So say someone's offsides on the other side of the field, right? When a ball's played, say they're on the left and the ball's played down the, the right channel. They're obviously not in contention here. So right. doesn't matter. No offside. There's, uh, when the play is closer to them, I remember a, a Thierry Henry had gotten hit and was late getting back, and a ball was played through to Sylvain Viltor years and years ago. Mm-hmm. Thierry Henry stood in the middle, I believe it was against Inter Milan, and just held his hands up. Ball rolled not two yards from him. Stood very still and just held his hands up. Sylvain Viltor ran in, scored a goal. Everything was fine. Yeah. Didn't say anything. Also happened about <laughs> 25 yards out. Then... You remember when somebody ran across a goalkeeper maybe two seasons ago. It might have been in our first season doing this. So it might have been last year. Yeah. Somebody ran in front of the goalkeeper and ran directly across his line of sight. And they said that didn't affect the goalkeeper, even though it did right. in that instance. <laughs> right? On a last shot. And that person was <laughs> offsides, and they ruled it a goal. So yeah. you also have to make a, make a play, quote-unquote. You have to perform an action. Right? And when he sat up and moved his feet back, that part became a thing because he he made an action. However, he's laying on a fucking ground. De Gea can see over him. The six foot three De Gea could see the shot coming. He could see all of it. And he got wrong footed by a deflection. Gilfie had nothing to fucking do with that. The minute There's, the deflection happened, he doesn't matter. There is, it doesn't matter. There is no way. And you could see, he can obviously see the shot because he moved his feet for the direction in which the shot was coming in. Yeah. And then it got deflected. So he planted his feet and couldn't get back across in time. It's just, it was a good goal. That goal should have been given. Everton should have had three points today. Absolutely positive. You all got fucked by VAR for absolutely no reason. Yep. Yep. I'd absolutely. call SVU if I were you. And by the way, renewed for three more seasons. Wonderful show. Check that out on USA every Sunday, all day, every day. And a, a few other thoughts. Um, Fred, l- earlier in the game, got wrongfully called for a handball. It did actually hit his thigh. But he turned around, grabbed his jersey, and was right in the referee's face. Nothing given. Yep. After this goal, De Gea puts his hands on the lineman, and Maguire is right in the face of the official, chest to chest. No cards for either one of them. Why does Carlo Ancelotti get a red card for calmly talking to the ref at the end of the game? 
I don't know. Not even hands in his face or anything. Hands at his side, he and he paid, talked for about did, 20 did, seconds and then got a red. He did point at one point, but it was obviously over away from the referee's face towards something in the distance, whatever he was saying. Over there, this happened, or whatever it was. He didn't. He wasn't animated in, in, in any way, shape, or form. But when Italians are trying to convince you of something, they come off as threatening. My wife's Italian. <laughs> a lot of her family is Italian, obviously. So when they're trying to convince you of something, it, it can be a little nerve-wracking. Um, I'm now. Now there is. Now you know you don't make it a decision. Uh, you, you get the horse head in your bed. You know. Yeah, exactly. You no, know, I mean people just it just happens. You just wake up and things are there. You know how it happens. Maybe it was like, oh, you can go fuck yourself right out of the stadium. And that's yeah. why it was pointed yeah. that way. Right, Barfanculo, motherfucker. Right out of yeah. the stadium. <laughs> <laughs> so who knows what he said? But it, it he and you could hear that you couldn't hear Carlo, which pisses me off. But you could hear the referee as soon as he gave the red. He said, "Off you go." Off you go. Right. Uh, apparently, uh, Carlo was not too satisfied with that. Went to the fucking dressing room. He went into the referee's dressing room afterwards. When being interviewed after after the game, he was like, look, they got the call wrong. And they were like, so uh, what did you say to him? He goes, that conversation shall remain private. I was like, Woo! Which leads me to believe. Which leads me to believe the ref probably looked at him and went, we got it wrong, mate. Yeah. And I Carlo was guaranteed- like, I can make your family disappear. Yeah. <laughs> so, and he was like, off you go. Off you go. But let's <laughs> let's look at the positive here. When we're at the bridge against Chelsea, it's going to be big fucking dunk, my friend, on the sideline. That's right. Big fucking dunk hugging everybody. He can run down and hug me. I'd love it. I fucking <laughs> love it. It's time to tell you what little we know. It is prediction time, and we don't know shit. We all lost. You're welcome, everybody. <laughs> I lost strategically for real-life <laughs> actions to take place. I was going to say, I'll gladly lose my bet. I'm really <laughs> happy about losing. Yep. <coughs> Pardon me there, guys. Um, So, uh, Sam, you're now down uh, $1,597. You're back to uh, getting close to uh, 2G in the hole. So what long shot, crack shot? Pot shot, bullshit, fucking Not a bet long you got shot. this week. Not a long shot at all. Okay. Um, I am going to bet the game that we will attend the awesome. day we arrive. Very good. Um, because I will also put money on it on the way to the game. Yes. Uh, <laughs> At so, the stadium. Do it in the stadium. Well, I don't know if there's a Ladbrokes near us. Mm. The the betting in the Emirates is handled by Ladbrokes, uh, and I don't know if there's a Ladbrokes near us where we can go cash it. Uh, so heard. when we drop our bags off, I know there's three um, bookies right around there because i stayed there at my wife last time we went in that area because you're a degenerate correct what was that so but there's three bookies over there that we'll just bet at and then go to the game and then come back on the way to the hotel and cash them in uh excuse me but anyway um my bet is arsenal west ham that's the game we will be attending on saturday when we arrive um i have a correct score on this one okay how much am i down tell me 15 what 1597 1597. I'm going to put 200 on this. Let's go ahead and get to 2 grand. I'm going to put 200 on this. What's the fucking difference, man? If I lose, I lose, but if I win, I'm up real big. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Scared money don't make money as I like to say. Mel, okay? All right. <laughs> um I've got a correct score Arsenal to beat West Ham 3 to 1. All right. What does that pay? It pays plus 1000. 
So my two hundred grand, my two hundred dollar bet will pay me two thousand dollars. All right, it's got to be three to one in. Uh, um, in ninety minutes, in, it in has to be minutes, three right? to one. If we score in stoppage time, our third, it won't count. It has to be three to one. That's in the real betting, and what we're doing here, we do whatever we want. No, no, no. <laughs> what we're doing here is in real betting. <laughs> Need to hit that. Yes, shit. it has to be within ninety minutes. All right. I like how he tried to sneak some wiggle room in there. <laughs> so we can't score in the 92nd minute is what I'm saying. So stoppage time doesn't even count. Well, the good news is Pat's not too far behind you. So, <laughs> And now it's time for our degenerate gambling friend, Pat's Pick of the Week. Playing some cards with us last night, too. Yeah, Pat's also in a hold of me $50. Yeah. Uh, down the rabbit hole. Well, it feels like I haven't won in weeks. Oh, that's because I haven't won in weeks. <laughs> Let's see if my luck can change and uh, just get an easy pick. Man U to host Man City Saturday in the primetime game. For some strange reason, oh, Sunday in the primetime game, for some strange reason, I feel like there's a draw here. So 100 will pay off 325. And let's see if it pays off for me. My luck, it won't. <laughs> nope. I don't think so either. That's at Old Trafford. At Trafford, yeah. Yeah. I, 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 you know, Bruno Fernandez been playing well, man. Yeah, United looks like a team revitalized. City always remembers they hold grudges. Yes, and that and, is true. And United beat City earlier this year. But has that has that grudge City, been paid in the League Cup? I don't know. Maybe. You know, you know, Pep. It's like. Pep, I mean, apparently Pep isn't Spanish. Pep's also Italian because it's like, I'm not just going to kill you. I'm going to kill your family and I'm going to kill your friends of your family and your friends' friends of your family, like kind of shit. Because he just likes to then just no, he's stomp not, on. He's not Carlo. Yeah, he likes to, but he, he, he has that fucking cutthroat thing going on. That's for damn sure. Oh, no, he's definitely like, you know, a beautiful mind fucking, like he could snap at any moment, just shoot up the whole club. <laughs> So uh, somebody was in the short uh, side of the black for a little while, and uh, my but my loss to Liverpool, my loss with Liverpool, makes me very happy, and I'm fine with it. So I'm now only uh, I'm back in the hole again. I'm uh, minus sixty-seven dollars. So Big Sam's luck of the week. Nineteen percent of the time it works. One hundred percent of the time. See, I'd made a little See, you adjustment. Point six percent there. Point uh, seven. Thank you very sorry, much. Sorry. I might make a little difference there. Um, you know what? I'm I'm doing a little prop bet for a game that we're going to be at as well. Um, All right. Um, I'm going to bet uh, Everton to be up at the half um, by at least a goal, um, but they'll be winning one nothing. Uh, actually, I picked a straight score. Winning one nothing at the half. All right. Which will pay plus three sixty. All right. So just nice and simple. Figure something fun that, you know, I'll probably place a bunch of little $5 fun bets while I'm there anyways before I walk into the match and see what wins, you know? Absolutely. Now, um, that's a pretty great segment, but we give you more. We give you Kitty the Chicken. <laughs> Look, Sammy's even kind of dancing a little. I mean, he's wiggling his elbows back and forth. <laughs> If you want to call that dancing, sure. Why not? Three Six Mafia made a song on that. Wiggling your elbows back and forth. I'm standing in the club, leaning side to side. Oh. <laughs> um, well, I don't know if they are soccer fans or not, but uh, Kitty the Chicken is. 
So Kitty was in decent spirits, knowing that the guy, and by the way, the guy is her pet name for Big Sam Houston. Yeah, that's um, my nickname for her. From she gives me. Yeah, she calls him guy. She calls him lady. It's kind of cute. So she was in a great mood, knowing that uh, Sam was in a great mood. No, uh, Liverpool lost. So this week, I gave her one of the games that you guys will be at. We all seem to have the same idea. I gave her Arsenal and West Ham. All right. Now, Kitty uh, ran into the coop and handed me a couple of birthday cards. One from Kevin Costner and the other from Piers Morgan. By the way, today is Kitty's 11th month birthday. And did you go up and wish her a happy birthday? I did not. I uh, should do that. Shame on you. Who celebrates their 11th month? Apparently that bitch does. Well, because ch- chickens don't have many of them. They only stick around yeah. for four years. Like so. Every month I get mail for her, and this month it was Kevin Costner and Piers Morgan. All right. But since Kitty obviously have ties with the Gunners, she thinks they're going to win. Hey, look, you you, you went eh to Piers Morgan. He's could, a bit problematic, been, man. I mean, I mean... It, well, I mean, you know. So's Kitty. <laughs> Fair I enough. mean, married men are clearly not her thing? on her. Yeah, yeah. Not all. like Kitty's also <laughs> problematic. Fair enough. Sammy, Osama bin Laden was a fucking fan of Arsenal. And Costner, too. Problematic. Almost ended the Iron Man streak. Oh, dear. One, one Costner, the one banging Cal's wife. Oh. When Cal yes. was like, I ain't making it, Peter Angelos, call your boy at BG&E and yes. shut off the power so the yes, game gets was. canceled. You yes, don't say was. anything bad about Crash Davis, damn it. Uh, well, people, as always, do remember to gamble legally and responsibly. We lost again, but... um. I'd rather get into something more important real okay. quick. Yeah. Uh, over the weekend, we play cards, as we've alluded to a few times here, <laughs> and we had the unfertilized eggs of your chickens. They were fantastic. Like Thank you. Very good. Despite all of the cocaine abuse and stripping that Kitty does, <laughs> those deviled oh, I eggs... I like to think that's what kept us playing late into the night. Those was, deviled uh, eggs were fantastic. Yeah, co- cocaine doesn't cook off when you no, do stuff, apparently. No, I think, <laughs> I think the meth just kind of added a little something-something with the egg. That was excellent. So good. Uh, anyway, DU, our game. Uh, we lost. <laughs> yeah, it was close. We, we, eh. just, we ran out of gas. Uh, as per usual, um, they were a few of their players were a little younger than us. Uh, they have one or two guys that are very good players. Um, short, can't knock them off the ball for real. Um, good foot skill. Toe blows from anywhere, always on target. Um, it just decent finishing, really, from them. We we it was valiant. We held our own. We did. It's gonna be a long fucking season. Everything we were supposed to do, but we're zero four now. Yeah, and so zero and five. Zero and five now. It was and the, the game, next yeah. the next two games you're not gonna be at. I'm not going to be at the next two. I will probably not be at... I, I don't want to say probably, because I'm, I'm going to do my very best to get there. But I may not be at three. Yeah. Oh. So I don't even know if we're going to have enough people to play this Tuesday. Chris be tough. Chris's out of town. Yeah, it's I, be Carly's tough. out of town, so i got to stay home with Tegan. So we we might be a little short this game as well. Um, but, I don't. you know, to be honest, it won't serve us bad to go down for a season um, and get our bearings and then come back up. Cool. All right. Well, so uh, any parting words there, Killer? Yeah, I do. Real quick. Uh, just to drive the point home one time, our boy John uh, sent us a Facebook message um, 
with an article uh, about Arsenal have announced plans to build a statue of uh, a true Arsenal legend, Ismael Saar, um, outside of the stadium. He's a Watford player. I know. That yes. Beat that Liverpool. Helped. Yeah. yeah. Um, so just to drive the point home one more time, <laughs> I thought I'd mention that. Uh, and we also check our DMs. So fucking talk to us. All right, good. Well, then I'm going to stop you there because I can't believe it. I think we might actually get in under an hour. Next up is uh, injury time, and you want to check us out, go to our Patreon. And uh, nope, don't even say what it is. It's just more of the show. We do a little bit of a preview of next week. So till next week, everybody. Good night. From England. Fuck you, Liverpool.